morning, everyone, and welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word. The intro it for the second Sunday of Easter, Quasimodo Genity. Like newborn infants, Alleluia, long for the pure spiritual milk of the word, Alleluia. Sing aloud to God our strength, shout for joy to the God of Jacob. In distress you called, I answered you in the secret place. I am the Lord your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. With honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. Like newborn infants, Alleluia. Long for the pure spiritual milk of the word, Alleluia. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Old Testament reading is from Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put death in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a sound, and behold a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I shall put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the epistle of St. John, the first epistle to St. John, the fifth chapter. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, 
but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Gospel reading for today is from the Gospel of St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. If the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them, although the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands, and put out your hand, and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What do you know about the land flowing with milk and honey? It features prominently in the Old Testament and especially in Exodus where that is the core of the promise that our Lord has given his people after he freed them from the Egyptians. However, in spite of that promise, the people of Israel in the desert were struggling. And to be fair to them, we would be struggling too if we were in that situation. They had just lived for 400 years in Egypt. In Egypt, which has a very rich and deep mythology, a very rich and deep religion at that time, with all of the Egyptian gods and with how obvious 
their worship was in Egypt. And that's what they were used to. In fact, in some ways, we should probably be a little bit surprised that they remembered the promise at all. That they remembered the promise that our Lord had given to their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But while they remembered that promise, they were confused spiritually. And they were afraid of what lied ahead. Again, it had been 400 years since they had heard any word from the God of their forefathers. And yet, despite that, despite something that might make us not believe in that God anymore, they did. They followed him out of the land of Egypt, through the river, through the sea, and out into the wilderness and into the desert. But they were afraid. They were concerned because they didn't know what was coming. And they were afraid that what they had left behind would have been better. And yet, despite that, they did remember the promise that God had given them. They remembered the promise of a land that was theirs. A land where they were no longer slaves, a land which they themselves could own. They didn't have to work it for another person. It was theirs, and they could keep it. A land that was plentiful, a land that, as you heard, was flowing with milk and honey. And on some levels, of course, that is referring to just the physical bountifulness of that land. The land which we hear truly was quite bountiful when Joshua and Caleb and the other spies went in to check it out. But it was also a land where if they had done what they had been told to do, they would have been safe. God would have protected them, would have ensured their safety until the Messiah came. Perhaps that's the biggest blessing of this land. That land was the land that God had given them and the land where God had promised to dwell with them at that time. A land wherein they could know that God was with them. And ultimately speaking, as we think then about how we should live our lives, we do in fact live in a land that in many ways is flowing with milk and honey. A land in which we should be thankful to our God that he has blessed us with. But more important than the physical aspects of our land is the spiritual aspects. And while, make no mistake, the United States of America is a great place to be a Christian. Even more importantly than that is the land of the church. The church, which is the new people of Israel. A place where God has given you to come and to receive the milk and honey that he desires to give you to satisfy your souls. Listen again to our intro for today and hear about how our Lord desires to do that for you. Like newborn infants, alleluia, long for the pure spiritual milk of the word, alleluia. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. In distress you called. I answered you. 
in the secret place of thunder. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with honey from the rock. I would satisfy you. Like newborn infants, alleluia, long for the pure spiritual milk of the word, alleluia. Do you do that? Do you long for the pure spiritual milk of the word? That is to say, do you desire to hear the word? Do you desire to actually have the word come into your ears and hear it spoken to you, just as you did just a couple of minutes ago? Or on another level, do you desire to actually know what is in this book, to have actually read it and be able to be familiar with its contents? And perhaps lastly, do you desire to understand its contents? Do you desire to understand the message that God has given you in these words? Which is simply to say, do you desire to understand and to know your God. What if you don't? What if you don't want to know what's in the Word? What if you don't actually want to hear it? What if you don't really care about trying to understand it? What if it's just good enough for you to just come to church? Because you feel like you have to and you're supposed to. But you never have any desire to crack open a Bible any other time or even to just listen to the Word. We have so many ways of doing that nowadays. What if you don't desire that pure spiritual milk of the Word? Well, if you don't, welcome to the club. Because the truth of the matter is that none of us desire the Word as we should. That none of us seek after the word of God as we are supposed to, as true sons and daughters of God would. And it's important that we recognize that truth. It's important that we know that we fail. That we know that we are not perfect. And that we know that we are sinners. Thought, word, and deed, and even in our desires. And since we know that, since we recognize that, we can then repent of that. We can turn and we can pray to our God, the very God who gave us this word because he wants us to hear it. And we can pray to him and ask him to help us. And as our intro, it says, he will. And then, knowing that he will, we are free to go after the word even if we don't want to. It's hard to do things that you don't want to do or things that you don't desire to do. But through the power that God has given us through his word, through the faith that God has instilled in us through that very word and through his sacraments, we are free to do that. We are free to turn our backs on the sinful desire and free to seek after that spiritual milk that we so desperately need 
to seek to hear the word of our Lord. There's no easier place to do that than here at the church. Now, again, I'm not talking about just the building. I'm talking about the gathering of the saints, which at the moment is happening in the parking lot and through the live stream. This gathering is where God has promised to give us his means of grace, where God has promised to give us his word and sacrament, where God has promised to give us that pure spiritual milk and the honey of the faith, which is to say where God has promised to give us the basics of the faith. Just as he gives milk to a newborn infant, he gives us his word, teaching us in order that he might create that faith inside of us and strengthen it. However, it's very easy, even for those who are in the church like us, to be kind of stuck in that spot, to be stuck in kind of that infant faith. And many decide that they are content there, decide to, and decide to not strive for more, decide to not strive to truly grow up in the faith. They don't strive to find use perhaps a turn of phrase, the meat and potatoes of the faith. Which is to say that they don't strive to have a deeper understanding of the word. And I'm not talking about trying to figure out the code of the Bible with numbers and things like that, or trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen in the future by studying Revelation and Daniel to the exclusion of everything else. No, I'm talking about having a deeper understanding of how the Word works with itself, of finding out how Scripture interprets Scripture. And the only way you can do that is by listening to it over and over and over again, by reading it, by seeking to understand what it means. Another way that you can help to try and gain a more mature faith is to not do this studying in a vacuum. Part of the reason that the church is here is that we might come together and strengthen each other as iron sharpens iron. You, in fact, are all doing that right this moment as you are listening to me preach. You are listening and learning, hopefully, what another person has to say about the word, taking that in and comparing that with what you've heard in the past, comparing that with what you've heard in the Bible in order to try and gain a deeper understanding of that faith, of that word. But perhaps the thing that causes our faith to grow the most is when we run into those things that are hard. When we run into things in the Bible that perhaps look like an apparent contradiction or when we run into the Bible telling us something that goes against something we care deeply about. When that happens, the mature Christian prays to God, and asks for his help to get him through it, and then wrestles with that. They aren't childish and run away in fear and just pretend that it doesn't exist. They face it. 
They struggle with it. They wrestle with it. Knowing that God will get them through that struggle. That God will get them through that crisis of faith. And that when he does, you will come out on the other side stronger. And again, the easiest place to do that is in the church. In the communion of saints. To do that among people who care for you and who are helping you and in many times are struggling with you. You don't have to wrestle with these things alone. You have a whole community that has gathered together for the specific purpose of helping each other in these struggles in life and helping each other in these struggles in faith. And here in the church, among the communion of saints, you are in the midst of the means of grace. The means of grace which are always surrounding you and available to you always giving you the forgiveness of your sins that you need so desperately. Always giving you that pure spiritual milk and honey that will satisfy your soul. Our Lord has given us a land that is flowing with milk and honey. He has given us a place that we can come and receive his gifts, receive his milk and honey. And this place is here and now in the church, knowing and trusting that the day will come when he will make us into the mature sons and daughters that we are supposed to be. A day when he will speak his word to us just as he is doing now, but in the future when we are dead, and where his word will in fact bring our bones and sinews together just as it did in Ezekiel. And he will speak his word to us and his spirit will come and give us life. And we will finally be able to be with him forever in his kingdom, even into eternity. And as we look forward to that day, we are free to seek his word, to find his milk and honey, that he might continue to strengthen us and continue to grow us up in his faith, that we might be prepared when that day comes. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.